and welcome to Industry Minds, the podcast which discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. Scarlett and I are delighted to bring you this very special bonus series to encourage well-being and calmness and to continue chatting and helping as much as we can throughout these difficult times. We have a brilliant lineup for you from well-being to meditation to advice from various leading figures in our industry. We'd like to remind our listeners that our free counselling services are still available and you can reach out to us at any time via the email in the podcast description. Our final episode of the bonus series is with founder and director of Applause for Thought, Raffaella Cavino. Details of how to connect with Applause for Thought will be given at the end of the podcast and also listed in the description. This episode was recorded over Zoom, so apologies for any loss in sound quality. Now, on to the episode. So... I'm Raffaella Cavino. I'm an actress, first and foremost. I've been working in the industry, crossing over between musical theatre and theatre and and plays uh, since 2013. But I'm probably better known for being the founder and director of mental health non-profit called Applause for Thought. Uh, And Applause for Thought was essentially born out of me having a breakdown at the end of 2017 and being diagnosed with severe generalised anxiety disorder and me going in search of of support and information and seeing that there was a a lack of it out there, Um, apart from your podcast that had just started in the August or September, I think, before, um, in 2019. And, yeah, that's, that's kind of how Applause for Thought was was born. So my life on March 16th, when we got told that the theatres were closing, it happens to be my my best friend's birthday. And I was I was on tour. So I was doing a show called A Monster Calls, um, touring around the UK. And we had just been, because I used to get Sundays and Mondays off from the tour, I'd just been to the bougiest place you could possibly be before finding out you've lost your job. Soho Farmhouse. So we were there celebrating her birthday and we were in the car on the way back. I was due to be flying to Aberdeen very early on the Tuesday morning and for our next tour venue. And we were in the car back and got the the Twitter notifications and the text messages and the phone calls saying that that theatres were closing and, and we were going going to be going on lockdown. Um, so it was a it was kind of a real whirlwind. I felt very grateful that I had just spent such a lovely weekend with people that I loved. Not so great that I had spent money at Soho Farmhouse considering I was just about to lose my job. And very lucky that I hadn't yet flown to Aberdeen. A lot of our cast flew on the Monday. And so they were kind of stranded in Aberdeen, which is quite far away from home. That, that's essentially where I was and what happened um, when I got the news. So obviously we, we got that news um, about lockdown. And I think that, you know, anyone that was in um, a performing job had this kind of, this moment of thinking, okay, this is, you know, we, we've taken this news, we understand what that means, but I don't think anyone was prepared for it to go on for as long as it has I mean I think you can think about it on a logical level and you can look at the other places in the world and go oh it would make sense for it to continue but I think until you get the news yourself and until you're in the situation um, you can't really prepare for the thought that 
a job that you auditioned for six months ago, something that you've been, you know, waiting and excited to do, something that you're so grateful for because obviously it's such a tough climate trying to get work anyway. And you, you, you know, you finally book a job or, or you book a job and you've, you've put that hard work in and then you find out that potentially that's, you're never going to be able to go back on the job. For me, I have a, uh, the sort of brain um, that unfortunately and fortunately thinks quite uh, logically about these sorts of things. And when I realised that our UK tour was due to finish in the first week of June and that we were supposed to be going to America in summer and seeing that America was perhaps not dealing with it quite how they should be, I think I knew in my heart of hearts quite early on that that was going to be the end. And it, and it helped me because when we got our official notice, I had already started to process it and I was able to then focus on the positives which was that I had the job in the first place that I was able to save some money from that job um, as a as a buffer which lots of people didn't have the opportunity to do and as a swing I actually performed 12 shows so I got to actually be on the stage at some point in the contract so moving on to applause for thought and the kind of work that that we've been doing I guess the first thing to say is that with all the kind of negative triggers and, um, you know, horrific realities of COVID, isolation has brought me closer to Applause for Thought because I'm able to dedicate all of my time to it now. Whereas, of course, normally it's, it's essentially a side project, a very busy side project, but it always comes, you know, alongside performing work or alongside muggle work, alongside auditioning, alongside a social life. Um, so it has been both a challenge and a complete joy to be able to action so many things that have been sat on my goal list for a really long time. So a couple of things we've, we've, we've kind of done in during isolation uh, one thing that has been super exciting and, and strange for me has been doing these Saturday check-ins. Anyone who's worked with me as the dance captain, kind of post-mental health awakening, um, knows that I do these Saturday check-ins where I get all of the cast together and split them off into twos. And there's like a seven-minute stretching song, always after like a yoga warm-up on a Saturday, for them to catch up with someone that they don't see very often, someone they don't share a dressing room with. Um, and it's a little rough thing that I like to bring as a, as a well-being exercise to shows. And so I thought, why not translate that into isolation? And so I go on an Instagram live every Saturday morning and invite multiple, you know, lots of guests on, different guests from life coaches to transformational coaches. Drew McConey came on, um, Owen from Tax for Actors. And it's just been a really exciting new initiative, I think, for me, because I've always kept myself, apart from the events that I run and people that attend, relatively separate from, from Applause for Thought. And it's been really wonderful to be able to get to know the people who follow Applause for Thought, the people who have been using this support that normally have been quite anonymous and me too, and they're actually getting to see see me and speak to me and see me as a human um, and see me with my own mental health struggles and the fact that I'm an actor as well. So that's that's been exciting. And I suppose our main our main focus and our, our biggest achievement, uh, in inverted commas, so far would be the mental health awareness course that we've we've been running. I've, I did my mental health first aid qualification in November with Mental Health First Aid England with a wonderful instructor called Kate. And 
we connected then and I and I kind of had this idea straight after the course that I'd love her to come and run some courses for the charity and she was absolutely jumped at the idea and I've essentially been saving since November my own funds and, and small donations to be able to pay for 25 people to do their mental health awareness course, which is normally £125 per person. Um, and they just paid for their books and postage and packaging. And it was just a, a roaring success. So 25 people are now certified mental health aware. I mean, the, the response was completely overwhelming. So I've managed to scrape some of my own funding, some more donations and a huge discount from Kate. I can run another course that's happening next week. That is essentially what we've been doing at the minute. So obviously, I've, I've, as I've just mentioned, I'm able to then dedicate all of my time to Applause for Thought. But um, it's actually cropped up in a couple of interviews before how I'm feeling as a, as a person whilst running it. So, I, I, yeah, I'd love to use this platform to kind of humanise, I guess. Um, you know, this goes for you as well at Industry Minds, um, but also to humanise myself and to humanise um, producers and agents and heads of, of charities and, you know, MPOs and organisations, because there's there's a lot of po- positive and, and, and um, a lot of negative that can come from having the pressure of feeling like, you are needed, you know, the pressure of feeling like you have a responsibility to a group of people. And so I guess the biggest positive for me has been the focus. And it's obviously an incredibly rewarding process. Um, no one's forcing me to do it. I'm, I'm entirely dedicated and passionate to, to changing the conversation and changing the level of support that is out there for mental health. Um, as I've said, to humanise to, to interact with my um, the people that follow Applause for Thought. But I suppose it is important to also talk about the, the negatives of that um, and the pressures that I feel. I've, I've never spoken about this in an interview before, but you do forget about time for yourself and you do, you spend so much time working for strangers, essentially, that you actually lose time for your inner circle so sometimes I, I burn myself out, which means that I'm then not particularly fun company for my best friends or my mum, you know, um, or a partner. It's def- it definitely has its pressures for sure. And I think that it will result in me potentially having a delayed reaction to all of, to all of this um, because it's honestly just been such an incredible focus for me to potentially be distracting me from, from how I'm feeling about losing my job. Um, but then I'm also very, very lucky that, you know, I, that the year out that I took in 2018 for my own mental health, you know, it's, I, sometimes I don't give enough weight to that. You know, it was, it was a full 12 months out of the industry and I had weekly therapy and the tools that I learned on that year out, I mean, they're, they're just, they're demonstrating themselves tenfold during this situation. So I do feel in a really good place. But I would implore people out there or or listening or anyone who can resonate with this to check in on their agent, to check in on a on a producer friend, to check in on you guys, the industry minds, and to check in on those people that have those pressures. Oh, and I've missed out a massive group of people. Check in on parents. They're the they are the super people. Um, at this time, you know, having to put someone else, a child, before their own needs. 
So one thing I'd also love to talk about is the sustainability of work-life balance, because as I've just um, spoken about, I've kind of given given the two sides of the coin um, to running applause for thought um, and how when it's amazing to have all of this time to dedicate to it, but that doesn't necessarily mean I should. Um, And I think that one of the most valuable things that I have found about work-life balance during isolation is that at a core level, my work-life balance is off. Because if I find that my work-life balance isn't working for me entirely positively in lockdown, I can't even imagine how off it was when everything was open and I was running around doing everything. Um, And it's been so glorious for me to be able to explore that and to have the time to be able to explore that. And, you know, I would suggest to people that like amazing use of this time is really finding out what it is of life's simple pleasures that gives you your life balance. So most people have like found out their motivation and like the work that they want to be doing and and that's kind of sorted. But spending a little bit of time just working out what it means for you in isolation that you can do even during isolation that's so simple that really gives you that balance. And then the question after that, I suppose, that I kind of put out to people is, how are you in your life going to be able to implement that when this is done? Because it seems like a lot of, you know, a long way away. Um, and maybe it will be, but there is a time when we will look back on this as a memory, which is crazy to think. And I would just love for people to have discovered what they need on a very basic level Um, and be able to take that forward into life and remember that everything else is additional. Everything else is external validation. Everything else is a bonus. But if we can find that, yeah, if we can find that that simple work-life balance now, I think it could be really exciting for for people's development in the future. Um, So with that all in mind, obviously I've spoken a lot about um, my work side. Um, I I am looking after myself um, and I do that by having time away from my phone I have I've started to implement like hours into my day where I then stop responding to emails I write a lot of poetry um I've been wanting to kind of explore my my creativity as a poet for for many years and it was actually two months ago just before lockdown that I decided to create my page The Italian Poet and it has been nothing but a joy and like complete cathartic release to be able to just write. Um, It's been amazing. I still love having my baths. So even when it was hot outside, you can catch me sweating in the bath with um, lots of bubbles and a gin. And yeah, just, just making sure that I'm still connecting with friends and that when we catch up, it's not too heavy, you know, quizzes and laughs and reminiscing and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, just to wrap up, I guess, there's um, a few things that I just want to share in case they might spark something for someone or resonate with someone, just some things that that I've learned. Um, The first is, is that to-do lists that have been sat there for a long time that we always give it, you know, make excuses to ourselves or to other people as to why we haven't done them um, because we don't have enough time. Uh, Those to-do lists, are still sat there now, um, for me anyway. And it's been really fascinating to learn 
I actually just don't want to do them. Um, I've always kind of blamed it on the fact that I haven't had enough time to do them, but actually I don't want to do them. And that's been a really funny thing for me to learn actually just about things in general is that all of the things in our life that we've said that we don't have time for now that we have the time for it's interesting to listen to yourself and see what those things are of course some things on those to-do lists it's going to take a bit of discipline because you've got to do them um tax return or something like that but there are other things that might be on that to-do list that you've been convinced are right for your career or convinced that you're passionate about but you haven't had the time to do and actually it might be interesting to discover that you don't have passion for those things and that you you don't want to do those things. It, it took me a little while to wrap my head around that I would rather write poetry than do a vocal warm-up. Um, and of course, I know that I will need to do a vocal warm-up in which to keep my voice um, healthy uh, as, as an actress, but it is also okay and doesn't mean that I'm not being proactive and I'm not being a hardworking actress if I take that time out to do something I actually want to do. So that's been a nice thing to learn. Um, and aside from discovering pleasure in, in simple things, which I, which I hope there are lots of people out there that um, have been able to do that, my mantra is is for the entire of isolation, I keep saying it over and over again, is that looking after our mental health is the most productive use of this time. There is no other more productive use of this time than self-exploration, making sure that you are surviving and that you are healthy in, in mind and body. That is literally what this time is all about. Um, so I will preach that um, over and over again. So I guess the last thing for me to say would be, uh, if you want to learn more about Applause for Thought, um, if you want to support support us or allow us to support you, um, then you can check us out on Twitter uh, at Applause Thought or on Instagram at Applause for Thought. Um, our email's on there, lots of useful guides for isolation, lots more information. Um, come join us on a Saturday check-in. Uh, and yeah just just make sure that you are all staying um mentally healthy and well during this time we'd like to extend our thanks to Raphaela for giving up her time to be part of this bonus series you can find applause for thought on twitter at applause thought instagram at applause for thought and their email is applause for thought at outlook.com Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of our bonus series. We hope that you are keeping safe and well. Please reach out should you be in need of any support. 